We are live, and here we go. Nimble with numbers! Nimble with numbers here. Scott Simpson, so glad to be out and about on a Saturday night with my guy, FF underscore intervention chase welcome to the dfs money shot thanks for coming on tonight how are you doing brother i'm doing great i feel like this is no better night to get on the money shot podcast so i'm here i'm ready to rock and roll and i'm ready to take your money you Ooh. know well you know you wouldn't be the first guy to say that or to do it last week i got beat <laughs> down i got beat down we'll get to that later um but you know what i, I i'm putting you at a, a 60 40 chance of taking my money tonight i'm I, I, tomorrow but I, I can't wait to see your team. There's no peeking allowed. Here's how it works. Uh, if you're new to the DFS Money Shot, this is episode number two. The way we do it is we are challenging each other to a head-to-head. Monetarily speaking, we're in the $20 range. <laughs> Haven't had a $100 range yet or $50, but no, it's fine. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right now, we're in the $20 range, and Chase has submitted a team to DraftKings. I have submitted a team. We don't know each other's teams. We haven't seen them. We're going to reveal them pick by pick, quarterback, running backs down, uh, and kind of debate who's got the better squad as we go, justify our reasons for putting the players in, and have a lot of fun doing it. So without further ado, I am Scott. I'm here, nimble with numbers, but I want to introduce my man, FF Intervention. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What have you been doing? Where can we find you? Uh, I know you are deep in the fantasy game. Let's hear all about you, good sir. Well... This is my first time playing fantasy, and I'm really, really excited. And I, uh, I, I've never really done anything like this before, so we're going to see how this goes. No, I'm totally kidding, guys. I'll help you. Uh, I'll help you. <laughs> no, you guys can uh, find me at FF underscore intervention over there on Twitter, of course. Uh, I'm a writer for Dynasty Nerds, Dynasty Happy Hour, and the pregame HQ. That's where you can actually find all of my DFS content. I, I highlight pretty much Thursday night and Monday night matchups. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys can also find some yards, a bit of the no yards, where we're teaching kids with special needs how Love to that. play fantasy football, which I'm really, really excited about. That's at some yards on Twitter and some yards, a bit of the no yards on Facebook, of course. You know, this year, getting off to a little bit of a rough start, of course, but hope or luckily I've, I've found an avenue that I can actually help people, you know, while doing this. So I'm very, very excited about that. And yeah, if you guys want to follow, uh, find all my content, you know, together as a whole, you can go to linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. I love it, my friend. We're already getting some love on Periscope. Love the happy hour website. People are already putting that up there. Uh, so do I. And I'm so excited to have you. Uh, we've been together in a few different podcasts, but not where we've been one-on-one. -on -one. This is a real exciting Ooh. thing. For, I know, I know. It, especially with me and my history, uh, the pictures I put out, the you know, the beer on my face. There's, there's, it, th who knows what could that happen? That was a scary picture. Today's, today's. Yeah, yeah. That that picture was was scary. Yeah, well, you not know, my, lie. my my wife was not pleased with that picture. She, I showed her. She goes, Oh no. Oh, no, you didn't put that on Twitter, did you? And I said, yeah, yeah, it's my new profile pic. And she goes, oh, no. Um, <laughs> I, but, but you know what? Shout out. My, my girl, Nina, she she jumped into the to the tweets right away, and she said, I dare you to make that your profile picture. She said, if it gets 50 likes, you should do it. I said, it's going to get over 100, and I'll do it right now. 
Uh, and I did. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're besties now. So shout out, Nina. Uh, my wife said, why did you accept that dare? And I said, I, I know I look like an idiot. Uh, and then she said, I think they're laughing at you, not with you. And so we put up a Twitter poll and it's 60-40 right now that people are laughing at me. But, but here's the thing. If you're laughing and I'm laughing, we're both laughing. So that's, that's how I do my comedy. I do it for me to make myself laugh. And then if you jump in and laugh at me or with me, you're still laughing. So uh, that, you know, long story short, I'm excited to have you. Anything can happen. I'm wearing, for those who cannot see, I'm wearing a, a, a German, uh, you know, little hat here. It is Oktoberfest. I've been celebrating. I'm drinking a Great Lakes Oktoberfest. It's uh, one of my favorite breweries out of Ohio. Uh, you're a bartender. You, you can make them with the best. You shook it up on the Coming In Hot podcast. What are you drinking tonight? What are you going with tonight, sir? Oh, I'm just sipping on the best cheap bourbon there ever was. So we're going with some Henry McKenna, you know, well version. It's the only, one of the only uh, bourbon flavored, I mean, uh, you know, not bur- not bourbon flavored vodkas out there when it comes to well stuff. So it's actually genuine bourbon and I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I, uh, you you've got a lot of love, love in the, yeah love in the in the chat here. Bo McBigtime, you know we all know Bo. He said he's so much more handsome than you, Scott. So you know you you've got fans in all the right places. All the dudes love you, bro. Oh, I, I'm I'm making sure all the dudes know that I'm here tonight, and all the ladies too. But I'm more worried about the dudes. So let's go. No, let's bring I, it on. I, I love it. Excellent. So um, <laughs> let, let's let's do a little recap of last week. Last week was. Bo, Bo McBigtime has put up that I'm going to be 0-2. I am 0-1, and let's just be honest here. Uh, I have to do a little share of what happened real quick. Uh, last week, he did give me the beatdown. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen. So here on Periscope, Chase, we're getting small, and then the DraftKings screen is getting big. And uh, what we're looking at here is Bo McBigtime last week, uh, yeah, he put me down 147.52 to 110.36. It was not a pretty matchup. Derek Carr let me down. They did not throw Ish. at all. Yeah, I, I tried to do a Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs stack, and after Henry Ruggs, I like it. well, Henry Ruggs went down, and as soon as that happened, uh, that game over. That was over. Yeah, it was. Uh, Austin Eckler was my RB. Gurley, not not great. Uh, my best player was Mark Andrews, which he also had as well. Uh, and overall, his he had a double stack wide receiver. Gardner Minshew scored in the twenties. He stacked him with Chenault and with uh, Shark, so he got a couple of touchdowns. He played well. I'm going to bounce back this week, and uh, we've got the – the. Uh, I'm going to bring up our page here. If anybody knows how to use Skype, please tell me how to find the version that we're watching on the screen on the Skype. Hey, I got a quick question for you real quick, though. Yes, sir. Is that, who is that that did your intro? That was that was, that was insane, and I loved it. Thank you. Um, You know, he goes by the name of um, Scott Simpson, a.k.a. Nimble W Numbers on Twitter. And oh no! I just met the female on there. Not not the. Oh, no, oh. I'm just kidding. The oh. great. no! It was London. It was. Uh, we were down here one day, and she was just pontificating, and she started going nimble with numbers, and she was, <laughs> and I recorded it for fun, and then I put it in a in an intro with some beats, and uh, it just kind of became the theme song, and I, I honor her every That's time great. I play it. So thanks for you know thanks for the love. I appreciate it. Uh, it's great. Thank you. I All love right. the whole entire thing. Thank you. I, I I need to end it with a little bit more about. Bu- 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 bu. I'm looking for the beat. It's not you know never finished yet. So I I think it's perfect. Awesome. So what we're looking at now on our screen is uh, unfortunately I'm blocking my I'm about to move our little little bodies here from Periscope. Um, but I have the board pulled up. I have Nimble W numbers, Burst, 
FF intervention. We have the teams hidden behind a little screen here. I'm going to pull down the first to reveal the quarterback position. Oh, here we go. You have gone with Mitchell Trubisky, the 18th, and I have Josh Allen. Talk about your decision to go with Mitch Trubisky, uh, and then also maybe a little bit about his performance last week and what led you to kind of pick, put him in your lineup. Well, I actually had him in my lineup last week. Ooh, I like it. In a lot of different lineups. Uh, they, uh, they've they had this closed playbook on Mitch Trubisky since I don't even know like how long, right? Like They've completely closed out his entire option when it came to you know, what he could do with the ball, what he could do with his legs. You know, they were playing so conservative. And Matt Nagy was really just trying to outsmart himself. Yeah. And I felt like in the offseason, you know, we could see a, you know, second coming of what we saw in 2018 to an extent where Mitchell was able to use his legs a lot. But the biggest thing I was looking at was, you know, kind of ownership last week. And then we saw the fact of him going off in the fourth quarter. And Mitch Trubisky, if you look at his numbers, he has a history of, you know, stringing together multiple different performances where he does very, very well from week in, week out. Now, he did struggle at the beginning. He was absolutely brutal at the beginning of last year. Uh, I'm sorry, at the beginning of the game this year. Yeah. But in the fourth quarter, he came back. He crushed it, absolutely smashed. And, yeah, I, I feel like he could carry this over into a game where they might end up having a score. I mean, we watched the Giants and the Steelers both score on Monday night. So, you know, I went with this stack. And, honestly, this is more of a cash stack for me, right? This is a 50-50 stack where I feel like I just need to get, you know, those, those lower-end guys who can get you some numbers so you can play the best high-end options. No, I, I love that. And I think that's a really great strategy, especially, I mean, that's what it is. A head-to-head -head is a 50-50. Uh, what I have pulled up here is uh, on my screen. I know you can't see it. Uh, it's a D. Uh, it's a it's a DFS DraftKings tool that I've created. If you look back at Week One and the the value that was uh, Mitch Trubisky, he was one of the best values, uh, scoring, you know, finishing as the eighth quarterback. But his he was not priced as the eighth quarterback. So you know he and this week he's not priced as the eighth quarterback either. You know this week. You know, he's way down there. You're getting him for 5,500. You know, he, he's in the bottom, the very bottom of, of all the quarterbacks. And he goes up against a Giants defense that just gave up uh, two touchdowns to Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, brought Big Ben back with a bang. You say that five times fast, you know. Um, um, but, you know, it, I, I really do think that's a great pick. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not shaking in my boots because it's Mitch Trubisky, but I do like the value that you're getting off the top. What that means is you have some other studs that you're going to be revealing later. That's what you've done to me. I know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I love Josh Allen. I really do. And his ownership should be higher than what it is this week. So I, I love the pick of going Josh Allen, especially up against my Miami Dolphins, who we just saw the Patriots run all over with Cam Newton. So I like your pick a lot. I do have a lot of plays in tournaments with uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, well, and that was what I was thinking, too. You know, he's not going to get uh, one or two rushing touchdowns every game, but uh, I do think that he does pass all over this secondary, and I do think that he might have a little bit of uh, juice in the run, too. So it, it, it's going to be, you know, for, for my money, a good value play, 6,700. It's 1,200 more than your guy, but, you know, even in the, in the big scope of things, uh, he's a top five potential every week, and that's I can't pass it up, especially against you in a head-to-head. In a -head. So um, that's where we stand at QB. Let's reveal down for the first running back. You have, oh, man, my guy. I love this guy. Zeke Elliott. Talk about Zeke and why you have him in this game. Oh, man. This is going to be a ton of scoring in this game. This game's going to be chalk, right? Yeah. But the biggest thing is, like, 
The game's going to be chalk in the, with the wide receivers, and nobody's talking about Zeke. And Zeke's going to be one of the best plays out there this week. Yeah. I mean, he's he's very well priced overall, in my opinion. I think that he could easily hit you know twenty fantasy points you know this this week. Like, I mean, that's that's his his floor is fifteen fantasy points. His ceiling could be thirty or forty fantasy points for real. Yeah. And. I just think they could absolutely explode, like explode all over the place, you know, very similar to uh, last night. But, yeah, I, I like Zeke. I like the opportunity. And I think he's not only a safe play, but he has a high ceiling. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I thought the very same thing uh, when I was creating some of my other DFS lineups as well. Seeing him uh, as kind of a, an oversight in this process, you know, they're they're going to throw the ball there, and I, I love I love other players in that in that offense, but uh, they're going to run the ball, and they're going to run the ball with Zeke a lot. You know, I could see him getting upwards of, of you know twenty plus carries in the game, uh, scoring a touchdown, maybe you know maybe catching another touchdown. So that that's a great play. Um, on my end, I went with with uh, my guy Derrick Henry, uh, who in the last. Six games has rushed for seven touchdowns uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Five hundred uh, over five hundred yards. He he eats against the Jaguars. I, I really see him being one of the top uh, running back plays this week, if not the top value. You know, on fantasy points, one of the tools that I use, they have him ranked as a, as a three point five value play. I, I I do agree. I think he can score. You know, twenty twenty two twenty three points uh, this week. So I'm a big Derrick Henry believer. Uh, what do you think and about? They don't have Ngakwe. Yeah, I, I love Derrick Henry. Absolutely yeah. love him. I yeah. think we should go to the next pick. Actually, I love it. I, th- I think we've we've got some uh, yeah some things to show in the next pick here. Um, oh, Derrick Henry. You, you're, <laughs> oh, you like him too. Talk about Derrick Henry a little bit, guy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be too easy in in my opinion. They're going to run the ball down their throat. Yeah, uh, you know, you're going to take football insert in the throat uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> right. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some bad news to some people. Unfortunately, with the amount of running that's gonna happen and Henderson falling out in week one, I don't love Corey Davis this week because AJ Brown is gonna be out. Yeah. So if he was in, I love Corey Davis. I love him. Yeah. But uh, Humphreys, Adam Humphreys is the wide receiver to own this week for the Titans in in tournament lineups. I, I like that play. There's a lot of upside there for me when it comes. Well, maybe we'll low, very low ownership. Yeah, very low ownership. When when it comes to to, to my uh, stakes in the Tennessee Titans, I think Janu has a, a lot of upside this week as well. Maybe getting more yep. volume. Uh, and so you know, I've got him rostered on a couple of teams, and and he'll definitely be seeing the field in some DF, DFS plays as well. Uh, I've got on my side. He's got Derrick Henry and Zeke Elliott, two strong plays. By the way, I, I have that lineup uh, minus Mitch Trubisky so far in, in it, several. Uh, DFS you know, single entry big you know three hundred thousand dollar DK tournaments just because the, the those running backs right there the two that you have I think they're going to finish in the top five for sure this week uh, at least that's where I, you know where I'm hedging my bets and, and what the models look like uh, so I love that Jonathan Taylor uh, you know a value play that that's where I'm going here you know he's fifty seven hundred I think this is the last week you're going to get him in this price range I think next week he'll be in the sixty five to sixty eight hundred range uh, he he's going to get the volume share of the carries and he can catch the ball too he we found out out last week apparently uh, when he was in, in college they kept prepping him to throw the ball and they didn't need to because they would just hand it to him and then he would run in a straight line for a touchdown and they're like hey next next drive we'll, we'll, we'll throw you the ball and he's like cool cool and then he, they just never got to it so he can catch and I, I feel like he has potential to really max that 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 three times you know play he's at 5700 if he gets 20 
you know, he's above that level. So I, I like him. What do you think about the backfield in Indianapolis this week? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a, a smash play, play to an extent. extent. Um, his floor is up there. Uh, his ceiling's up there as well. So it's a good play. Uh, for tournaments, I'm concerned about his ownership a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm projected right now, if I remember correctly, for six catches for 50 yards. There's six catches for 48 yards. And then I have him with 12 runs for 50 yards, I think, or Maybe it's the other way around, but it's right around 15 fantasy points. I have him with a 40% touchdown percentage uh, or chance of touchdown. Yeah. You know, I think there's a 40% chance that he actually gets a touchdown, which if he does and gets six receptions and gets about 100 yards or so total, I mean, you're talking about, you know, returning that, that, you know, value significantly. I just didn't want to play him because I feel like everybody else is going to be playing him. I think he's going to be the highest owned running back, you know, in, in week two. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, when it comes to the Millie Maker, which I'm in and a couple other tournaments that I'm in, I'm not going to roster him because I think he will be so heavily owned that you're not differentiating yourself. And um, there's other guys who might bust out as well. Uh, one thing I do like, though, you know, Naeem Hines is also a sneaky little play uh, as well. The Minnesota Vikings are ranked 31st in run defense. Um, and I know last year they were much you know better than that, but they looked terrible in the first week. And so I, I'm not Wait, saying what they, what they allowed. They, it was just rushing touchdowns, I think, right? Cause they only allowed 50 yards there in Jones, if I remember correctly. It, it was, but I think it was also yards per carry too, is what I saw, but maybe I was wrong that they were giving up, but maybe yeah, it was like 4.1 if I remember correctly. Okay. So I'm, I might be off here, Mr. Chase. So maybe I'm misquoting the stat, but I, I didn't see Williams. I didn't see what happened behind that. I know that AJ Dillon had, I think two rushes for 14 yards. So that was obviously a bad one. Dude, A.J. Dillon, I'm so excited about him, man. Oh, man. If they don't work at a contract, I am so excited for A.J. Dillon because he fits that offense perfectly. He's perfect. Well, either way, I think the, I think that the Colts do kind of run on on, on the Vikings a little bit. Uh, and if they don't run them, they pass on them with their RBs. Phillip Rivers loves to throw to his RBs. He can't stop throwing them. I don't think he can throw very far. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I watched him throw. Uh, I, I'm not into Phil Rivers this year. I think he is uh, a fourth quarter turnover monster. Uh, he's this is a little known stat for you. In the last year, he has ended the game by turning the ball over on an interception oh. seven times. Seven times. That's a great stat. Seven times. Six last year. One this year. One for one so far. Is so that, is that, that on Twitter? You need to put that on Twitter it, if that's not on Twitter. It is. I, I found it on Twitter. I didn't st- I'm not gonna claim yeah. it as my own, but <laughs> I tweeted it was it was earlier in the in the milieu of this week I saw it. I tweeted it out. So if you go back to at nimble w numbers and put in you know, interceptions or rivers, maybe you'll find it, but uh, it, it, it blew my mind. And, and what it really comes down to, I think, is at the end of the game, Philip Rivers forces the ball in there. Uh, and so it, it, it causes problems. If you saw the Paris Campbell uh, target that was intercepted, it was not a good throw. There was a guy in front of him. There was another guy right near him. Uh, you know, so Philip Rivers, to me, if he dumps it off underneath, I'm okay with it. He's throwing the ball to the Arby's. I love it. The wide receivers are something I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, pensive about this week. But yeah. They're going to take the ball out of, out of Rivers' hands for sure. They need, I, they need to, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to see this matchup because I actually really – I'm guessing you don't have T.Y. Hilton, right? I do not. Do you have T.Y.? No, I just made sure. I went and looked it up. Yeah, no. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is actually a very interesting play for me for tournaments. Um, he's going to be playing the MVS role, 
you know, and we saw what MVS did last week. And and he still like he still has it. It just wasn't a good game for him. Yeah. You know, especially with CJ Henderson covering him. So I think that being in the MVS role, you know, we, we saw him, you know, explode last week. So I'm I'm thinking that should be a good thing for T. Y. Hilton as a sneaky, you know, back end play, even if you are playing um uh Jonathan Taylor. No, or I, any of the Colts running backs. I think it's just a sneaky side, you know, flex play. I like that. Excellent. So speaking of wide receivers, let's jump down to our first wide receiver. And, ooh, you go with the stack attack, Allen Robinson with the Mitchell Trubisky. Talk about what you saw in, in Allen Robinson last week or, or the stats maybe behind the, the, the game because he didn't score a lot of fancy points. But I think there's more to it than just that. So well, what do you see in Allen Robinson this week? I just see volume. And yeah. – this game, I think, is going to be a lot higher scoring than what people are used to. Uh, they, This game, I, I don't know what the over-under is. Sorry for not having that prepped. But I think it's going to be a lot higher than what, what people are used to, especially with the New York Giants defense and with the New York Giants offense. I think it's a lot better than what a lot of people expected as well. So I think that Allen Robinson should exceed his uh, points per game overall from what we saw you know, over the past, I guess, recent history. I'm expecting Allen Robinson to at least hit 18 points this week when it comes to volume. And yeah. if he crosses that that 100-point or that 100-yard uh, threshold, I think we should see that bonus too, right? Yep. No, so. I like it. I like it a lot. And, you know, last week, uh, what what uh, one of the stats I saw is that Mitch Trubisky threw the ball uh, downfield five times, so, so longer than 20 yards, five times, you know, and I think four of those targets were Allen Robinson. One of them was a touchdown to Anthony Miller, but Allen Robinson was getting the ball downfield and Mitch was throwing the ball downfield. And that's kind of what you want to see. Maybe it wasn't accurate last week, but we're getting started. So I think that's a good stack attack. I like it. I actually played Allen Robinson last week against Bo. Uh, and so I, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's a bad play at all. Uh, I've got Adam Thielen and to me, Man, I wish I had him on more of my teams now. You know, you can just see how that offense is going to, it's not going to be uh, a Diggs replacement. Uh, you know, how we kind of saw it. Maybe, maybe eventually it becomes that, but right now it's the, it's the Adam Thielen show. And so I'm going to, I'm going to strike while the iron's hot. I think that, you know, he's priced at 7,200. That's pretty good. I think he could get a touchdown this week, score around 20 points. So I, you know, I have faith in him just kind of as his, at his floor being a solid, you know, 18, 15, 20 point producer this week. And I don't have to worry about him taking a, a 10 or an eight, you know, single digits. So that, that's kind of what I'm thinking about Thielen. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Thielen this week. Uh, Thielen's going to play the same role that DJ Shark played, and although Minnesota Vikings run more two tight end sets, I, I just I don't love it. Uh, Rocky Sin, I think, covered DJ Shark last week, and although he did get a touchdown, I just don't know if there's enough upside there with Rocky Sin with Malik Hooker playing over top. I, I, I like the Colts' defense. I don't love the Colts' defense this week, but I like the Colts' defense this week, and I think they're going to they're gonna try and run it and, and – and keep it out of the secondary, you know, potential interception hands. So I'm not a huge fan of Thielen this week. I like your commentary. Do you, do you know what uh, Gardner Minshew's completion percentage was last week? By the way, it's incredible. Oh, it was tw- uh, 19 for 20. Yeah, he he is he's 95. percent When you when you get that quiz back in middle school and you see it's 19 out of 20. You're like, yeah, man, look at that. I'm the best. That was crazy. So, you know, for me, I I, I don't think Gardner Minshew is, is um, as 
accurate maybe or has as much control of the offense yet as 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 Kirk uh COVID Cousins. I'm going to call him that until he uh you know changes his stance on if he gets it he gets it if he dies he dies. No, no Kirk. We we cannot get Welcome it. Welcome to Virginia Beach. We cannot get it and we cannot die. We can just how about that? We can just you know, I mean that's like saying if if I step in front of traffic, I step in front of traffic. Well, well, you don't have to. There's a lot of safety regulations that can help you avoid that. Anyway, I, I just think that Kirk is locked in. I think that he's one of those guys who does lock in. And that's one of the problems that Diggs had last year is that, that Cousins didn't lock in with him. And he could, he saw that lock-in potential that, that Cousins had with Thielen, and he didn't get it. And he wanted I, it. I feel so. like he did, man. Like, I feel – and Kirk was insanely accurate. He was. You know, with Diggs. And, and by the way – uh, Josh Allen was extremely accurate as well and locked into him. Yeah. And, and they moved him all over the formation. I mean, I don't know if you've been to Rotowire yet, but his snap percentage at each position was insane. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like Stephon Diggs, uh, even though that's completely separate. I don't know if you have him on your roster or not to stack with uh, Josh Allen. But, anyways, he only, uh, Adam Thielen only played in the slot 10% of the time last week. It's very comparable to DJ Shark. And I just, I don't love these. I, I think that they can take advantage of, of stuff up the middle, whether yeah. that's a slot receiver, whether that's a tight end, uh, whether that's the, the running back. And I don't see a lot of upside with Adam Thielen this week. I, I like the contrarian take to mine. Dropping down a level, if I can, if it's letting me, it's not letting me. I'm trying to control my own podcast here, and it's it's not letting me. i got to take some control back here. Am I ruining things by no. being on this feed? No, because oh, I'm doing no, this whole time. It's me, bro. I'm learning how to operate, you know, the whole shebang a bang. Yeah. Well, so what was happening is my my DFS money shot Google Doc spreadsheet didn't want me to move uh, my box any lower. And so I had just Your to, box? I had to collapse the box. Yeah. So here we are. We're collapse, <laughs> collapsing the box. And it doesn't like that either. You know, so that so it said 200 total yards for <laughs> for, for who? JT. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not like that at all. Okay. So our next play is Anthony Miller and Russell Gage. Atlanta versus Dallas. And the, you got a double stack going on right now. Talk to me about your double stack. So the whole thing with the double stack is I think like I said, I think this game's gonna be a lot higher scoring than what people expect. I think the Bears defense is very good. Um, however, I think the Giants offense might be better than what we expect. Uh, meanwhile, Mitch Trubisky could be feeling real hot, real good about himself. Like, he's just loving himself, right? So I, uh, I, feel like, I feel like this could be a lot higher scoring game, and I want, you know, I want dominant players in mm-hmm. higher scoring games. Yeah. You know, I want players that are way for the better than anybody else. And, you know, Allen Robinson is going to see a lot, a lot of, What's his name? Um, Bradbury, yeah. right from Carolina. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got <laughs> you got uh, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Miller running Buck Wild all mm. over the rest of the secondary. So I think we're going to see a lot of deep targets to to Anthony Miller. I think we're going to see a lot underneath the volume, and I just want a lot of shares of this game, especially on the bear side. Yeah. Why well, I like the game stack theory. It's it's a it's a real. Um, Especially if you stack, you know, you know, not saying you have to, but you know, maybe Saquon or somebody else. When you get that back and forth barn burner of a, you know, up and down the field, you want the players in that. I can definitely see this game being there. 
Uh, one of the best plays is, is uh, Darius Slayton this week. I can't believe they don't know how good he is yet. He, he's way underpriced. I don't, I'm not sure if he jumps into this lineup, but he'll be in several of my other lineups. You know, I, I went with Russell Gage last week, and, and I know that Russell Gage is not um, Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley, but he had 12 targets, just like they all had 12 targets, and they were all 9 for 12, 75%, and he had over 100 yards. I, I mean, I... I I love that value for you know forty eight hundred. I had to gauge it up. I think that this game is a shootout, like you said earlier. I think there's going to be a, a lot of, of points to be scored, and, and even if Russell Gage doesn't get a touchdown, which he he didn't get last week, I still think his floor is, is double digits, and that's what I need. Uh, you know, from him, I want him to give me that fifteen point total. That's you know, what's his price? Forty eight hundred dollars. That's that's, that's solid. solid. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's up, up there, there, but it's, it's solid. solid. Like, it, you're, it's, it's a, a great, great cash play. play. Yes. Uh, I don't love it in, in tournaments, but I like it as cash play. And since this is a 50-50, it makes perfect sense. And we're cashing. So moving down to our next. Ooh, you, you foreshadowing. Talk talk to us about I your. I forgot. <laughs> you no, know, it's Adam Humphreys. You talked about him earlier. Uh, talk about his role in this offense with, uh, you know, Brown, A.J. Brown gone for this game. So, yeah, I completely forgot that I had him in this lineup up until about, you know, 20 minutes ago when I pulled it back up and I saw that. I was like, oops, I guess I ruined that. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to see uh, Henderson absolutely shadow, you know, uh, Corey Davis. As of what happened last week, he should be all over him. If not, then they're going to bracket Corey Davis and they're going to leave who would be the outside receiver over there. Um, it's not Tajay Sharp anymore. Who's the number three or who's the number four receiver? You know, I, I, I'm not even it's drawing a total blank on me as well. All my stock is in AJ Brown and a little Corey Davis. I didn't even know they had other wide receivers after that. Yeah, I mean, I love Adam Humphreys to an extent from week to week, but like I mean, I guess we don't need to know because they normally don't pass the ball. So no, they don't. Uh, I'm, hey, if, if you guys are on uh, Periscope or whatever you're listening to us on, please let us know who the fourth wide receiver is for. The Titans, but either way, yeah, they leave CJ Henderson on him. They're not going to move him to the slot very often. No, I, they might in zone coverage to an extent. Which, by the way, the Titans do play a lot of that. But I think they're going to keep Adam Humphreys away from that. Uh, I'm expecting Adam Humphreys to see at least six to eight targets minimum, in which he normally has a very high catch percentage. And if they get him once in the red zone, it's a banger hit, and it's only, he's only 3,400. So I mean, I if he that. doesn't hit. You know, whatever. I still love that value though. Thirty four hundred. It's a really good price to get a three, potential. Yeah. 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 Three catches for for forty yards, and you you hit your your you know your ROI. No, I like that. You know, for me, I I rolled it out with C D Lamb. Uh, you know, I I think that the game shoots. You know, I talked about Russell Gage. I kind of ran it back with C D Lamb. The two underpriced targets on that team. You know, uh, C D Lamb went five for six last week. 85% catch rate. Now, it's not going to be every week. He was targeted on that fourth down play when they threw the ball, you know, a little bit short of the, of the, the line to gain. I, I like him in that offense. If you were to tell me that he was a rookie and I watched that game, I would go, no, he's not. That guy's been playing for a long time. He he looked like an NFL player. He was, he was in stride every time the ball was right where it needed to be. I feel like he has breakout potential written all over him. This is not a cash play. This is a GPP play. This is a tournament upside chasing the moon play. And that's what I do. I do that. And I sh maybe I shouldn't, uh, but I'm bringing a little bit of my heart into this game too. 
Uh, my my redraft has CD Lamb on it, and my team name is CDs TDs. And I think tomorrow, man, I'm sorry, but you're gonna see these TDs. I predicted him to go for two, and to win me a milli. That's just that's where I'm. That's CD Lamb. Love him. Shout out CD Lamb. I, I honestly, honestly for for, for GPP, GPP, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play him. I'm, I'm, I'm playing, playing Michael Gallup. Gallup. Michael Gallup's gonna be playing the DK Metcalf role, and I think Michael Gallup's gonna score a bunch of touchdowns in that role. However, with CD Lamb, I mean. Dude, every, every single, single time, time I, I, I get a DFS, DFS question, question about GPPs, GPPs it's, hey, how's the ownership going to be? Or, or, you know, what do you think I'm going to get for, for CD Lamb? And CD Lamb at, at 4,700, right? Yes, sir. Uh, he's projected to be 26% owned. So for tournaments, I'm not touching him. I'm going to hope that, that they, you know, keep him to a minimum, shut down Cooper to an extent, and, you know, hit Gallup on a couple long bombs. That's, That's where, where I'm leaning with that one. I, I love Gallup as well. He uh, Amari Cooper last week had 14 targets, uh, and Gallup only had five. I think that <sighs> evens out this week. You're, you're not going to see a lopsided total. I think it's going to be more evenly distributed, and we'll kind of see uh, you know who gets those red zone targets. Blake Jarwin is gone, and so I do think when you get in the red zone, it's not the Amari Cooper show. It's going to be uh, Michael Gallup. I think that's the guy you're going to target in there. So. So, so they, they didn't target – I think they might have been the only team. team. But I know for a fact they didn't target a single player in the red zone, a single pass catcher in the red zone, more than 19.5% of the time. Uh, that was Mark Cooper, but everybody else was within 19.5 and like 14.5 for their starters. So they didn't target any guy. It's really tough to tell with the Cowboys who they're actually going to target the Reds because it's always somebody different. And that includes Witten, that includes Jarwin, that includes all those players. Like they, they spread it around. They move it around. So Dak spreads it around so much. Well, I mean, that's what a good football player does. He doesn't have one locked-in guy that everyone's expecting. Unless they're like Tony Gonzalez and they're just you know way taller and better and they can reach up higher. And then you go, hey, Tony, catch this. And then he does. You know? So, well, I, I like it. We'll see how it goes. Let's go down. Speaking of tight ends. Ooh, we got a nice value play here. Uh, I went heavy, big time. Mark Andrews, Baltimore tight end against Houston. Uh, you went undervalued, very modestly priced, 2600 Jordan Reed. I love this sneaky little play. Talk about Jordan Reed this week. Well, I mean, Kittle's out, right? Yes, and he is. Jordan Reed's best seasons ever were with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he led the other tight ends, although they do run just one tight end sets. Typically, it's, it's I believe... And, and I, I, it, it could be wrong because I haven't seen the, the personnel, personnel grouping check, but I believe they probably ran the most or most of their settings were 11 personnel. Now, now whether, whether they, they were, were you know moving them out the slot or whatever the case is, you know, remains to be seen. But, but I, think I think their other tight ends combined had less than 25 total snaps. Anyways, I think that Jordan Reed takes over that George Kittle role, who had you know multitude of snaps, and even though he was out on a you know set amount of plays, he still had, I think, close to 25 or 30 snaps. I just think that in the red zone, you know, outside of Trent Taylor, there's nobody else that really threatens Jordan Reed. Yeah. And I think that the offense is going to have to move through. You know, like, the Jets, you can't run on the Jets. Like, you can't – like, the Jets are so good in the run game. Yeah. And they were last year. They were terrible in the pass game. But they were really good in the run game. We saw it last year. And then again, last week, Josh Allen, sure, he ran against somebody. He's a quarterback. It was a scramble drill. But when we talk about Zach, uh, uh, Zach um, Moss and we talk about Devin Singletary, dude, they, they couldn't get anything started. Yeah. And I know they're not great running backs, whatever the case is, but 
I just I think that they're going to have to move the ball and and move the more importantly, you know, move the the first down marker by getting Jordan read the ball in critical third down situations. I, I love it. I think that value is just it's astronomical. Six hundred. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I feel like you're going to have uh, your next player is going to be Christian McCaffrey, which I haven't looked, but any or some big huge stud. But anyway. Um, I went Mark Andrews. You know, two touchdowns is not going to be every every week performance, but he is on the field more than he was last year. You know, he went from forty one percent, already over sixty percent. That's what you want to see uh, with your tight end one, and he he is he he. Well, Dallas Goddard technically is, but he is right up there. Um, I think he is going to be the wide receiver one on that team this year. He was last year. He was the wide receiver one. And so I, I think he's just is a steady every week. Plug him in. And I think his price is going to go up. I don't think he's going to be 6,300. He'll be up in the in the 7,000 range soon. But you know what? With the value, you're crushing me because, you know, your, your value there is just is I can't even I got to move on. Um, so <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm dying. I, I like Mark Andrews. I do. But I think that that he's only valuable if you play Lamar Jackson as well. Yeah, I think that, that you have to get that stack in there. Otherwise, he's kind of like volatile to an extent. So, yeah, I just think you need that, that bigger share. No, I like it. Well, you know, he, here comes the flex position, uh, you know, and, and I went I went Cephas. I went 10 targets last week. Kenny Galladay is out. I got a $3,800 price tag. You know, I think that this game, the, the, the Packers are going to put the beat down on Detroit early, and I think that they're going to have to come back. And I, I can see a lot of late targets for Cephas, maybe a late touchdown that comes on the board. You know, I, I, I'm not betting on him to, to bring me home, but I think he's a good value play at this position. You know, you have, on the other hand, the man, the myth, the legend, CEH, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, the H is silent. If you didn't know, now you do. Uh, and, and he looked dynamic. I feel like he could score 30 points this week and really bury me. Talk to me about CEH and what you see in him this week. Dude, how good is that secondary over there for the, uh, for the Chargers, man? Like that's secondary. Oh my God, it's fire, isn't it? It was ridiculous. And, and and they have been last year. They ranked number six, if I remember correctly, last year. But they were so much better than that. They had a couple bad games. Uh, once Sermon James returned, it was a whole different animal. Obviously, he's out this year, but they're still really good. They're good. They're still really good. They added in Chris Harris. You're not gonna be able to pass up against them. And although I know, guys, I get it. I get it. It's Patrick Mahomes. He should be able to do whatever he wants. You know, like somebody else on the. Uh, on the podcast last night, they, they feel like they can do whatever they want. But, a lot of that going around, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you Patrick know, Holmes is a whole different animal. And uh, either way, though, I, I feel like they're going to take the bottom's hands. And Tyrod Taylor's been so bad. Yeah, I don't know if this is even a competitive game tomorrow. Unfortunately, I picked the Colts to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. So I no longer in any survivors. It is very painful for Ooh. me. Oh. I, I was so confident on that pick. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think the whole world was. You're not alone, my friend. <laughs> it, it, you know, when, when everybody kind of zigs, you know, and then it all it messes up, you're like, man, I should have zagged. But, it, you know, it, it hindsight's twenty twenty. I like what you did. Uh, you stacked, and I pulled the defenses up because that black bar was bothering me. I couldn't get rid of it. But I pulled the defenses up, too. You have RB stacked with the Chiefs D. And I like that because you know that's a you're you're really looking at the game and what you think is going to happen in that game and how it's going to unfold and what it's going to look like and then 
you're, you're projecting in there that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the bell cow. He's going to get most of the touches uh, between any player in that game, and the defense is going to shine. So I like it, man. It's a game script that I can get behind. It's not going to be a 38-17 you know, game. I think it's more of a, a you know, 24-7 game. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's more like, like a 52 to, to three game. Okay, 52. <laughs> All Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he has seven, seven touchdowns. touchdowns. And I'm not even a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy. Like, I'm going to get so much flack for this if people see it. But, you know, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in certain matchups. And people have to realize, like, when I predict certain things, like Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift are going to be better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in Dynasty, that doesn't mean that I don't like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. You know, I think that he, his hits that he takes are absolutely brutal. I think he can get knocked out of a season very easily because look at it. We, we saw with Reggie Bush. And I'm sorry this is a DFS podcast. I'm going to go off on a. Two-minute rant tops. Go for it. Like 60 seconds. Go for it. Uh, People that don't take a lot of hits in college also don't know how to take hits when you get to the pros. We saw him get slammed in three, four, or five different, you know, times where he got literally like – it was like a wrestling move. And players, although they might not be injury prone, their body gets wear and tear. They can break down. And, And people don't ever take that into account. You know, we saw it with Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush was the perfect example. He wasn't used to getting hit in college, right? He had a great offensive line. He hit the hole. He was gone. He never got hit. He never got hit. The guy never got hit. And then we saw him start to take hits in the pros. His body broke down. All of a sudden, somebody that's not injury prone becomes injury prone. Yeah. Now, we looked at that with Joe Burrow, for example. And Joe Burrow's never gotten hit, right? Or at least he didn't get hit last year. So it makes me a little bit nervous with Joe Burrow. And you saw him try and think that he could shake who was that defensive end or defensive tackle that was coming off the edge in the beginning uh, was, of the game? Was it, it wasn't Richardson, was it? He, he just threw him, on the, was, it threw him on the ground like a rag doll. It was just – it was terrible. Yeah, and, and people don't get that. Like, people don't understand that, that, that these guys that aren't used to getting hit in college, like, they need to learn how to take hits in the pros. And not every player – that doesn't get hit in college, obviously, comes into to the pros not knowing how to get hit, right? They, they got to practice and they got to develop. But CH was by far and away one of the worst, like, just ragdoll type, you know, performances I've ever seen. So I, I like him in DFS, and I think he's going to absolutely go off. But it majorly, it's a major concern that he's not fast enough to beat, you know, linebackers and defensive yeah. ends to the edge. And it's a major concern that he doesn't know how to take hits. But in DFS this week, I love him. The Chargers, you can't pass on him very often. Even if you can pass on him and Patrick Holmes goes off, he's going to see the majority of the work. And then you play the Chiefs defense in catch-up mode where, oh, my God, Tyrod Taylor was so bad last week. He's terrible. So bad. And I like Tyrod Taylor. I like him a lot as a person. He just didn't look good. No. He just didn't look good. The game, the game is 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 moving at a, a faster speed now. He he's older, you know. I mean, when he played for Buffalo, he was he was efficient, but he didn't have to throw the ball for four thousand yards. He was throwing the ball for three thousand yards, thirty one hundred yards. He wasn't slinging it. They were running the ball. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I love that play. I went with the Buccaneers D, and, and I know you go. That's a kind of a crazy play. They're the only team last year to like hold it. hold Christian McCaffrey under twenty fantasy points. I think twice. And um, you know, that defense against the Saints, they, they didn't look great. They weren't great. But Tom Brady didn't look great either. And I think in Tampa Bay, I know there's not going to be a huge, I don't know if there's any crowd at all, but I feel like they, they get it done this week against a, a Buccaneers team that didn't, they didn't stop anybody 
or sorry, a, um, a Carolina team last week that didn't stop anybody. You know, um, the 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 only person they stopped was Jason Witten on fourth down, and that was like one of the dumbest play calls I've ever seen, John Gruden. And I just it just drove me nuts. Or third down to get to fourth down when they threw mm-hmm. a little, they threw a, a ball to Witten not even in the end zone. I mean, it just drove me nuts. That was one of the ah. Oh, but anyway, anyway, long story short, I think the Bucks can just be steady uh, this week. And, and I like Teddy Bridgewater, but I think he's going to be playing from behind. Uh, and, and that Bucks D can kind of get a pick. You know, we'll see what happens. Maybe it gets returned for a touchdown. That's my hope. That's what I'm hoping. So I got to tell you, I, I like your team a little bit more than my team in this. I, I'm, I'm not giving you the 60-40 slant, but I'm going to give you the 55 45 slant. What, what do you think when you look at the, the teams overall? You know, where, where are the pressure points here? What, how are you feeling confidence-wise? Well, I feel like you're flattering me a little bit, first off. And you shouldn't flatter me because I like the hate. I'll take the hate all day. I, I, I would do very well with Bo, I guess, because Bo was hating on you so much. I, I like the hate, man. It makes me feel better about myself because it means you're jealous. And if you don't admit, right, that, that you're better, then I'm – I'm kind, I'm kind of concerned, concerned about, about my team, team. but so no, I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I like when you have lineups that tell stories, and I don't know how much your lineup tells a story. You know, so uh, when it comes to DFS, right, the main thing that I preach is, especially for GPPs, but, you know, for cash games as well, you know, you want to correlate your lineups with stacks and guys from other sides. Now, when you look at my lineup for my main you know, slate of guys where I have the Bears, I don't have any Giants. But my main concern with the Giants is the fact that they have so many weapons. They have so many options. I didn't know who to play. And I didn't want to get left out in the, the, the cold or left out in the rain because I didn't know like who I wanted to play. You know, so like if I played, for example, Slayton, who might get three targets outfield, five targets outfield, you know, might only catch one, uh, the return wasn't enough for me. So... With the Bears, you know who they're going to go to for the most part. You know, in tournaments, I might not play Allen Robinson. I'll play Darnell Mooney. But still, for cash games, you know who they're going to go to. With – is that mine? Do you hear that? Is that the win for mine? Anyways, sorry. I, uh, I I feel like yours didn't have enough of a storyline. However, it's very, very safe, you know, for the most part in, in cash games. So it's going to be very, very interesting. You know, it, it's you have great plays all over the place, and I love your wide receivers. Thank you. But, but like, you want to make sure that, like, for me at least, and, and there's different strategies. There's like a lot of these guys don't do stacks. People don't believe in stacks. Like, that's a real thing. People don't believe in stacks. They believe in one player stacks, and they believe in one offs, but they don't believe in, in in much other things. So, I mean, there's situations where I'm wrong, and in a maximized potential, it, it happens all the time, but. I just, for me, I just, I, I, I want a story to be told by my lineups. Yeah. So with CEH and the Chiefs, there's a story to be told, you know, that the Chiefs go up big, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire gets to run. You know, with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, it's going to be a shootout. I just don't know what Giants play, so I backed off that. Meanwhile, I have high upside with Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott. Then you have a story to tell to an extent with Jordan Reed, you know, in the injury and Adam Humphreys being able to see the underneath targets to just provide that low end. But I had to put together a very low end lineup in order to include three stud running backs and running backs are way more consistent than wide receivers. 
No, I, I love it. And and Bo McBigtime, who's been here most of the time, shout out Bo McBigtime, love you. Uh, he said stacks are life. So he you know, he's big on the stacks, uh, and, and you know I am too. You know he also says though Ross Dwelly greater than Jordan Reed. Arrow, arrow, arrow. Uh, so he, I, yeah, I, I don't know. He, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I actually I saw Jordan Reed as the move tight end a few times uh, last game, and he looked good. He looked good across the middle. He flashed. He he did not get a concussion. So I actually do like that play a lot. And I don't think you're going to go to Ross Dwelly when you have Jordan Reed. I think they went to Ross Dwelly last year because they didn't have Jordan Reed, and now they do. So I, yeah, and he like they don't have any receivers either. They're completely no. beat up. So I think Jordan Reed could line up as a receiver while Ross Dwelly also lines up. But either way, you still had Jordan Reed out snap um, George Kittle last week when George Kittle went out. So right. I, I think that, that Jordan Reed is the guy. Kyle Shanahan loves Jordan Reed. He loves Jordan Reed. And when it comes to missing an opportunity with Stack Slayton, sure, I could have missed an opportunity, but I, I don't want to take that kind of chance in a cash game, maybe in a tournament game. Actually, in a tournament game, I think I do have Slayton yeah. on the other side of this, but not in a cash game. Like I don't want to take that kind of that kind of risk. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I like the story that your lineup told. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that my story at the end is just a, a victory, a hard-fought victory. I'm not going to talk any smack this year. That's kind of my thing. Like, if, if I beat someone— Talk smack, man! I, I, mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'm just here to learn. You know, that's the, the secret thing is I'm having you guys on. I'm listening to you. I'm picking your brains. And then I'm just, like, stealing it, you know, from my own brain. So, you know, Bo taught me some things last week that I learned about volatility. And I, I went more, like you said, you, you, you parsed it out. I went more stable this week with a, a few upside plays, but more stability. That was kind of what I learned a little bit about last week. I, I want those studs. The Derrick Henry play that we both have is just so strong. I put Derrick Henry as a lock in all of my lineups this week because if you don't have him, you're not going to win anything. Like that's just the basis for, for starting off this week. You don't. Josh get Jacobs was the same way last week. Yeah, you don't get anything for, for playing Derrick Henry except you don't lose right away. You still get to keep playing. That's kind of the well, – he's the continuation button. So I always have a, a contingent – or a, a – contrarian lineup right like i always have multiple contrarian lineups actually yeah where you know you see ownership that could reach close to you know 95 percent in fact let me go ahead and read off this ownership percentage for the top uh portion of it we have projected ownership for let me make sure this right yeah this is DraftKings. chris herndon's at 58 Kenyon drake's at 51 austin eckler's at 46 Devonte adams at 44 jonathan taylor's at 43 so sometimes like these players, like, you know, especially in, in GPPs, you want to make sure you don't play them and just hope that they face plant. You know, Devontae Adams is a big one this week where I just hope that, that you know, the Green Bay Packers kind of wanted to show off Aaron Rodgers is done and then they regress back to running the ball again. Uh, so, you know, with a 44% lineup, if Devontae Adams has a touchdown and, you know, 70 yards receiving, that's kind of like a win. Yeah. Yeah, you know, depending on how many reception he, he has, like because forty four percent just spent the majority of their their money on him, so you know he might have a slightly higher multiplier. But if you have, let's just say, I don't know, uh, Michael Gallup, right, at fifty six hundred, you know, like and he goes off and puts up just as many yards, that's a multiplier times two or three. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I just I, well, that's 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 like thirty four or thirty three hundred dollars less or. You know, Couple couple thousand dollars less too. Yeah, and then the, you play the stud running backs. Yeah, you know? no, I I like it a lot. And I, and for me, I, the lineups that don't have CD Lamb in it, it's going to be uh, Michael Gallup. 
So that's how I'm going. I'm going Gallup or Lamb. I'm not touching Amari Cooper at all this week. Um, I think one of them goes off for two touchdowns. So I think for you, it's Gallup. For me, it might be CD. That's what I'm kind of projecting. Um, I got to tell you, what we Amari went Cooper's up at 24% ownership. So 24, you're going to have to complete, uh, compete with, you know, one one quarter, which, by the way, normally does not make it in GPPs into that tournament Yeah. if, if, if he goes off. So you have to hit on every single other pick if you play Amari Cooper. Yeah, no, I, that that's not really what I'm going to do. I, I don't like that. Um, Bo McBig Time does say Cooper in cash. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to trounce on it. But we yeah, love Bo. We do love Bo. But you know, what I mean, sense. speaking of Bo, I'm glad he's here. You know, because I, I just got to say, Chase, I'm glad you came on because it was a bit of a fiasco last week. After Bo bailed, you jumped in, and then Bo t- rebailed or unbailed, and then he taunted you and teased you apparently on a show when you know, you've been in drinking a little bit having a good time um you know and he was ribbing you you know and so i, I didn't know oh, i missed it like i sorry man like i told you i've been slam packed uh 12 podcasts this week four articles well, it, it was the one seven. you were it was the one you were on with him though it wasn't it wasn't one of our oh, podcasts. That, oh that one yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, he was talking to, he talked a little smack you know to you then and you know um and then when you came on last week you came on our podcast our hard fast finish podcast or fast, hard finish, whatever we're coming up with. Uh, and then he kind of teased you again. So I, I'm just grateful that you're on. I love you. I love Bo. I'm glad that you were willing to fill in. Uh, and this week I'm, I'm accepting your donation of $20 as a, as a gift. I appreciate that. Oh, oh, you think it's going to be a gift? <laughs> it needs to be a gift. <laughs> a little smack talk. I had to talk a little smack talk. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I, we have to run. We, we're way over that 30 minutes. We're at the 53 oh, minutes. Oh, it's supposed to be 30 minutes. Hey, you know what? I love it. Every second of this is worth it. And if this is the extended edition, I'm not going to kick anybody out if they go over 30 minutes. I just, you know, I know Bo is waiting to do another podcast. He's in here. Just, I thought this know. was like an hour long thing. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. It, with you, it can be. And and I, it was, you did great, man. You, you, there's no, I, I never needed you to stop. I never wanted to stop. I wanted to you know, keep going. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, just, that's what he said last night. <laughs> <laughs> To those who know. <laughs> oh, man, connecting the dots. Nothing like that happened. Let's just be honest. Between you and me, uh, I'm alone. There's no, you know, Fräulein uh, down under the table. So, yeah. For those that are listening, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or and, the, uh, the ones that know, know. Man, wow. What a crazy thing. But you're the man. I can't wait to see how this game ends up. And I also can't wait to just kind of connect with you again later in, in, in DFS. And, you know, I love DFS. I'm a DFS guy. Uh, at W, you know, at W. Or nimblewnumbers.com, uh, and then my my guy Chase. You want to share what you uh, we can find you again this this uh, fine day? You can find me in my house, but I'm not giving you my address. So. Oh, sh- Virginia Beach. Find the good looking yeah. bartender, the Tom Cruise cocktail guy. Follow him home. I'm covering up where I used to work. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> no, uh, um, you guys can find me at ff underscore intervention on Twitter. If you guys want to find any of my content. L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash fantasy intervention. Guys, this has been a wild, wild adventure for me. I just got on Twitter like three or four months ago, so I'm learning all sorts of new things. And already I'm setting records with blowies on the live podcast. You're the best, man. We love you. you. Know, a certain amount of time. So <laughs> I, I'm having a blast, man. I'm dying in, in hot sauce competitions. I'm thriving with, you know, blowies on podcasts and – I'm making people money on DFS. So 
Go follow me, FF underscore intervention on Twitter. And let's make some magic, if you know what I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm totally down. Go follow him. Get him up to 2,000. You can say you were in the first few thousand when he's up in yep. the 100,000. Uh, love you, Chase. Thanks for coming on and donating your money uh, to the DFS Money Shot. We'll see you next time, everybody. See ya.